0: Hello and welcome back to Where Are All My Friends. This week's episode is with Olivia Rudensky, and she is the owner and founder of a company called FanMade. In addition to that, she got a really early start in the music industry in a really cool way. She started by making a Miley Cyrus fan page and ultimately went on to work directly with Miley. And in this episode, we talk a lot about that of... You are more than qualified if you are a fan of anything to go and do your dream thing or to work with whatever that is that you are a fan of. And I think that this episode will be a really empowering, insightful one for anyone that wants to go and do something or wants to chase a career in something that you are a genuine fan of, or if you are a genuine fan of an artist. And the way she broke down her story and the advice she shares is so actionable and helps you get to that spot to be like, all right, yeah, let's go do it. So I hope that this episode is massively helpful and valuable for you. I certainly got a ton out of it myself. Let's get right into it. Enjoy. Where are all my friends, Olivia Rudensky. And I have to say, pretty excited about this one because I do a thing where I do like a little bit of research enough to (laughs) be like, you're cool and you do cool stuff and I have an idea. But past that, I don't really want to know because I get so excited to have that honest like, oh, my God, what? Yeah. Yeah. And like my first impression of you and everything you were doing was just like, holy shit, you are making some boss moves at like, like, I just love your come up story and I love how much you. Climbed this ladder of like learning something and then being like boop, next thing, yeah. next thing, next thing. Yeah. And I I just like I think there's a bit of like, you came from being a fan, I'll let you tell your story, but hundred really just killing it in the music industry and past music as well. So thank you for joining.
1: Thank you for having me. And that really resonates too about like not wanting to research Like, this is kind of a new thing that I've been doing, is like starting my own company, like a lot of people are reaching out, yeah, you know, yeah, naturally. Um, and I've any time in the past that I've Googled someone or looked at their Instagram before, yeah. I kind of get a little intimidated. Yeah. Because everyone has, I mean, everything on Instagram or everything on the internet is a highlight reel. And like, it's obviously your accomplishments. So, you know, that's naturally going to intimidate somebody. So anytime I would do that to myself or before call, oh, they work there, they work there. I just like, I'll get all nervous. I'm like, get in your head. Like, what am I getting nervous about? Like, so now I actually just like, whether it's honestly even, just in person too, where I just bump into someone. I don't know what they do. Like, I just feel like it becomes like the most genuine conversation. And I leave with way more from someone than being like, oh, that person's over there. They do this. I need to talk to them. And then I feel like it's like, hey, I have this mission to, like, get to the point with you instead of getting to know someone. So I really like that you do that because I, yeah, I'm the same way. I just like no, no expectations, just get to meet people. And I feel like you become your most authentic self when you have, you know, just no, no. I guess, preconceived notion of anybody.
0: It's exactly that. And I think in addition to that, it becomes so easy to see somebody, especially their online persona. It's like, oh, they have X amount of followers. They're important. Where like, what about these people that are very intentionally off of the internet and off of social media? There's so many people in business where like you would never know. And they've done these crazy things. So I love just like this fresh, like just don't judge a book by its cover. Just hi, what's up? What are you all about?
1: I wish because I got my start <laughs> on the internet and yeah. all about social media. So like naturally, I've built a following throughout the years. Obviously, I'm not at a level of like
0: right. But yeah, a yeah, yeah, level.
1: But like, I mean, 20,000 is, you know, a lot yeah. of people watching. But um, and that's weird. But at the same time, when I see people that don't have an Instagram presence or they're just very low key, just their close friends, I'm like, I wish the amount of times that I'm like, you know, what, why don't I just start something new and just only accept my close friends like. You know, it just, it must be so nice to not have any of those outside voices, but I think I'm too far down the, the rabbit hole of yeah. social media. Um, I did have to delete my Twitter account once, because we'll get into my story, but yeah. it had 300,000 followers and it got too much because I was, I felt like anything I tweeted was getting like, not that I'm some important person, but it was just like any thought or opinion I put out there, someone had something to say about it. And yeah. that actually like messed with me for a while. So I got rid of my 300,000 followers on Twitter to never get back. So, Yo. yeah, crazy.
0: But like I get it and I feel it and I feel like like I say this to my friends so often of like remember when the internet was fun? Like, seriously. Like and I it's funny because so many people now around our age that have like grown up with the internet yes. and used it as this super fun tool where we made all of our yeah. friends, now it's like the most crippling anxiety sure. of like Oh I need I feel obligated to post or to present myself in this way and I find yeah. it almost comforting that everybody feels that way right now. It's like all right, we're not crazy. Yeah. It's different.
1: It's weird how how often these things shift. So like these phases of social media. Like mm-hmm. I don't really remember pre-social media. I remember yeah. right when it started, yeah. but like the phases of what like what it went through and like where we went to with like the influencer culture and then it kind of felt like it started to die out a little bit because I think it Instagram and social media in general became, um, quantity over quality. And now it's switched back to quality over quantity. And I'm seeing that within like, you know, just where we are within the music industry or just in general, social media that you want to connect with people that have more substance and the ones that with all the followers that aren't, there's no engagement there. Brands are starting to pick up on that. You know, it's, it's like, it's kind of, it just shifts so often. So you have to kind of watch what's going on and, read, read the room and read what the consumer habits are like around that. So it's, that's always something that I'm like, so intrigued by, like, oh, that person doesn't matter anymore. Cause yeah. they're not, they're not, they don't really have a real fan base. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, it's like, oh, that's interesting. Let's follow why that person isn't doing as well, even though they were on top of the world a year ago. And we see that with, you know, the influencers within the TikTok community, like it changes so fast. I mean, think about when vine was the biggest thing and you had all your vine celebrities to then getting so then, on TikTok and having your TikTok for a year, and then all of a sudden it's a new TikToker and it's now a new artist. It's 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 wild. I can talk about it for hours.
0: <laughs> I know I, it's crazy. I think about that too, and it's funny. Like that's probably why I love podcasts so much yeah. right now because, in an economy of attention, where like getting twelve seconds of somebody to pay attention to you on TikTok is like an accomplishment.
1: 100%.
0: I don't care how many people it is, but having a real conversation with someone for like an hour and like the fact that anyone cares, it's like, that's the one piece of hope to me that like there's still hope of quality over just like super quick.
1: so true. I just saw a meme the other day that said um, TikTok's like a fast food restaurant and podcasts and YouTubes are like um, when you're uh, eating at a restaurant. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, which is like, so true. Like, you're sitting down. You're enjoying yeah. the content. You're paying attention yeah. to what you're doing. Whereas TikTok's like, ooh, fast, fast, fast. It's like fast food.
0: Yeah. So wow. I-,
1: I love that. I love. I-, I thought about that. And then, like, my team started, like, going, like, yeah. And Reddit is, like, the gas station. <laughs> it was just, like, so funny. We were dying, like, all these different things about different platforms and what their purpose is. And yeah. it's really interesting. So I think <laughs> podcasts and, like, long-form content, like YouTube, yeah. are really you know, they're really important because you get to focus on whoever's talking for the amount of time. And that's something that with my clients in general, I kind of started to really kind of bring that podcast strategy and long form content strategies like let your fans sit with you for an hour. Even if you have 200 people listening, that is way more worth it. Having 200 people engaged then maybe like a thousand people just scrolling right? And not doing anything
0: with it. Wow. Okay. I want to, as we like continue to talk about like the evolution, I wanted to hear your, oh. your thoughts on all of that. Yeah. But I'm afraid that we're going to get so deep into this. And <laughs> I want to, for a listener who doesn't know you and, and even for myself, yeah. to briefly just like explain who you are and what you do and kind of where you're at right now. Because it right. seems like you're at like a really cool Uh, point in your career with everything you're up to currently?
1: What I do. um, (laughs) I do many things. It's really hard to pinpoint. Um, I like to say I'm kind of like a marketing person. Um, I obviously got my start in the super fan space um, and now I basically empower super fans um, to work in their favorite industries or working with their favorite artists. So I have a company now called FanMade. Um, We're a team of seven right now. All come from super fan backgrounds. Everyone has a very unique perspective. Everyone comes from different types of fandoms. Everyone has very different skill sets, whether it's understanding TikTok and content versus versus social media as a whole, which is how to talk to your fans. What do the fans even want? And just kind of like an overall marketing background. And what we do is kind of work with artists Different types of talent. It doesn't have to be a musician. Um, I, I work with talent all across the board and brands um, and help them understand their audience a little bit better. And what, do, what does that audience want? What do they want to see? And it's not just on social media. It's brand campaigns. Are there brands that align with that talent and feels authentic to the community? Yeah. And how do you bring that community a little bit more into that world and feel like they have something to play in? And that's like my favorite thing because being a fan of something it's, it's a feeling that you can't teach to anybody. So being a fan is like just this experience. It's just this feeling that everything is like part of this, that one artist. And, you know, so that's our, our biggest mission is to kind of help educate the music industry a little bit more about fandom because there's different types of fans. We talk about that all the time. Like what a general fan is versus a super fan versus a fan that's literally like creating fan accounts and, you know, getting the community together. There's so many different levels of it. Like we could find a different fan for everything. So yeah, letting the industry kind of know that this is a big thing that they should be focusing on because your audience is everything. And from that concept, I guess I just kind of went off into like, well, brands have super fans too. I mean, Delta Airlines have has super fans. I only fly um, Delta. Like yeah, fall, you know, yeah. like ice cream companies have super fans, you yeah. know, hotel chains have super fans. So that kind of like sparked my thinking um of just like, oh, this doesn't stop with the music industry. This is beyond the music industry. So yeah, we're do- we're 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 doing a lot of different things right now across the board. So it's really, really exciting.
0: That's really cool. And in that, like right before this, we're talking about how like the negative side of social media oh, yeah. right yeah. and however what you're talking about is this level of authenticity yeah and i think that from a side of marketing and from a side of putting that all together You can have a lot of fun with making something meaningful and speaking from a point of authenticity. So as much as there are all of the negatives of social, I actually really love and respect that when people take the time to be like, cool, how do we understand a community? How do we look at this? And yeah, maybe you're using the same channels. Maybe you are using TikTok and all the shit we were just complaining about. But like, are you doing it for a reason that matters? And are you doing it Mm -hmm. from an authentic voice? And are you taking the time to understand an ad? Or are you just trying to be like, pay me. Like here's a phoned in campaign and you need to have this amount of time to do this. So anytime, like I really want to talk about that. And I also, I think I love hearing from people that came from being fans. Yeah, because all too often, I think that if you are in that position of being a fan, it's easy to discredit yourself and be like, oh, well, I'm not qualified to do my dream job or to work with my thing that I am the super fan of because I'm just a fan and I'm not a professional. And when you really break it down, you're the most qualified person and you're the best person (laughs) to be doing it. So I'd love to hear more on that. But before we dig too deep into that, how did you get to this spot? Like what was your what are your early days? Like did you were was it instantly music? Did you love music from day one? Did you think you'd work in music? Did you think that you'd have a career similar to where you're at? How did that look?
1: Always obsessed with music. I mean, honestly, it's interesting because I feel like I was just really obsessed with, I don't know if it's the word fandom, but more diving into a world. I think my first, I was always obsessed with music in general. Like I remember my Britney Spears CDs. I remember my posters. I had like Usher posters. I had Eminem posters all over my wall. Um, But I think like my first um, kind of understanding being in a world with something was with Harry Potter, which is actually funny. Um, yeah. I was so obsessed with Harry Potter and there was this website that you can kind of like play, like be in this Harry Potter world and you got your house and like you interact with other people. And it was so like long ago that it was not developed the way that technology is heading right now with like the metaverse. Like if I had that website, which was so like basic of a website in like what's going on now with the metaverse. My I don't even know how old I was, but my maybe ten year old self was would like die for, wow. for that stuff because the metaverse stuff. We can get into all that. Stuff, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so awesome to me. I, um, I agree. But that was like my first, like I guess, diving into a, a fandom and like really being part of a world, and it was kind of like an escape for me. Um, so that that's something that I realized I forgot that I had a whole Harry Potter phase. It was funny <laughs> when I it was just kind of like diving into where all it all started recently, but I think I just was fascinated by the world of entertainment. So Mm. growing up, my aunt owns a modeling agency in New York. So the women in my family are all like girl bosses. My mom's mom, she also had a modeling agency. She started divisions that no one's ever heard of. But like, like it was like, oh, you have you represent these types of models. Like it was just really, really cool. So very um, entrepreneurial and and the woman's side of our family. So When my aunt would bring me at a really young age to some of these red carpet premieres with her models. And I remember just looking around and being like, this red carpet, like, I was like, what is this? Like, this is so cool. Like, the paparazzi, everything. And I was just so fascinated. So I don't know if it was necessarily music, even though I was a huge music fan. Like, I mean, I was watching MTV hits every single day. That was the only channel I watched. Like, I loved watching every music video. I had all my favorite artists at the time. But I think it was more about this like world of entertainment that really was intriguing to me. So, yeah, I mean, just yeah, from that early age, like I kind of took note of that and anyone that I would meet or get a hold of their email, I would reach out to them like, I want to intern for you one day. Oh. Yeah, I have some emails in my phone, like with people that I actually got to work with that they'll never know. That's like in like from years ago yeah. of me being like, when I'm older, I want to work in this. Can I intern for you? And I've been in rooms with them before, which is crazy.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah.
1: So, and I think obviously through my journey of, you know, the fan account, all that, which we could get into, but, um, I got to really meet more people and kind of start to understand that this could be a reality for me, you know, as I, as I created my own community.
0: So let's talk about that because that like the idea, okay, this can be a reality versus then the actual execution and what those steps are that get you closer to that. So as you were starting to grasp, grasp that concept did you think the route would be school? Did you realize pretty early, like, damn, the internet's powerful, I could email these people? Right. Or like, what in your, were you that strategic with it? Or were you just kind of like young and like doing your thing and?
1: Yeah, I, I, it's hard to like really understand, like if it was, it, there's definitely part tr- strategy with it, but mm-hmm. I was fascinated by how everything was turning to social media. Like mm-hmm. I was the young kid on MySpace when I should not have been on MySpace. Yeah, All yeah, my sister's yeah. friends, like way older, and I remember just like always wanting to like play around on these websites and figure it out. And um, I think the first thing for me was seeing that Miley, who was my favorite artist at the time and still is. But, um, yeah. you know, she was on Hannah Montana and I was such a super fan of Hannah Montana. And Miley made this YouTube channel, which was so unheard of to see your favorite artist in a raw setting uh, of being in their childhood bedroom, just making videos on. What, what I didn't it
0: know now? she made a YouTube channel. Yeah, it was
1: years ago, but it was like. Those what are the on the computer on the uh, Mac like uh, iPhoto or Photo Booth? Yeah, 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 photobooth. yeah. She was like make Photo Booth videos and post them to YouTube. And it's like as someone that only sees her on TV as Hannah Montana, only sees her in the magazines, you don't see your art- favorite artists like that. So that was fascinating to me, and I was like, whoa! I get to watch every video she posts, and um, so I was fully even like like I was already in Montana world. Like they got me. I was buying every book. I was buying all that stuff. But then when you saw your favorite artist. Also, just posting on YouTube just casually, like that was like, oh, wow, I'm even more in this world than I thought. Yeah.
0: Um, Fuck, that's cool. Yeah,
1: so then through her YouTube, she announced that she joined Twitter. So when I made a Twitter account, that's where I think the strategic end popped in because I, I was see. like, I want to get her attention one day. So my yeah. account name is going to be Miley Cyrus Rocks. And I was like, I want to make a website too. So I played around on Wix.com, Sick. figured that out, had a little fan website, which was not good at the time. And, that was like my goal is like, I want her to see her. Like, I think the website said the goal of this is to get Miley to notice this. Fucking um, sick. Yeah. So <laughs> it's so crazy to think back. I think I was around 12 when I had started. Oh, my God. This
0: is young. Like, yeah. this was. Oh, wow. I'm 25
1: now. Wow. Um, yeah. So as you were
0: saying, like, young, I was like, oh OK, cool. You were probably like 15, 16. Nope. Like, you were <laughs> like quick. 12. You were in it.
1: Yeah. So cool. So, yeah, I had the website, had the fan account and through the fan account. I just started like reaching out to other fans and seeing like, oh, you're going to this show that Miley's doing like, cool, let's meet up. And, you know, I started to realize like I was forming this community there and some of the fans were helping me out like, oh, I I can't make it to this like Today Show concert. Do you want my passes Like through Twitter? Like and I was like telling my mom like, oh, yeah, I I have free tickets now to this show. It's like who gave them to you? And I'm like, a friend on twitter the internet the Mom. internet and like it was so crazy and next thing i know like i just start building and building this fan account and i really think like i the strategic end was me being like i want to work for her one day it was past her noticing it was like i want to work for her and i there was never i don't remember there ever being a doubt in my mind that it could happen like i think i just like and that's true manifestation like I'm a big believer in it me now. Too. It's harder as I get older to you, you just see what life is. But like it's really hard. But young me was just like, oh, this is what's gonna happen. So I kept building that account, got to a place where she noticed it, she followed me, she DM'd it, the account, and um she said my website was better than hers because I had evolved and brought on like a coder in Brazil and a designer, all free. We were just working together as a community. So I made the website beautiful and um I made sure we were up to date with everything. So, you know, every, every picture, every new info, any news that was like, watch her on TV. She's starring in this or vote for her here. I made sure we had, and we were posting about so the fans can come to us. I was like, we need to be the number one source for anything, Miley Cyrus. At t- Every- like
0: 12, 13 years old, you're just running yeah. shit. Yeah.
1: Like this was everyone that needs to find us first. And there was a lot of competition with other fan accounts because we're all sitting there obsessed over a certain thing. Yeah. And we, this is our lives, you know, you know, when we're that young and there's not much else to do.
0: But isn't that crazy to think about now? Like now that you understand business and now that yeah. you understand how valuable attention is and ranking in Google and all of these exactly. things, the fact that a 12 or 13 year old girl out of a place of passion, out of just loving something was like, yeah. we need to be the top, not yeah. thinking about all the other bullshit factors right, right. and then just making it happen. Just being yeah. like, all right, well, I guess we need to code the best website. Yeah. Figure it out. That's like, what. How fucking sick is that? That's, that's crazy. Is.
1: The thing about when you enter the real world, is a lot of your passion just gets sucked out because you start to see reality, and that's why manifestation is harder now. I agree at least for me. I agree. Um, but like, yeah, at the time it was like that's all I cared about was like making this number one, and. And and I did it and she noticed it and no way we would talk all the time through DM.
0: Wait, wait, wait. That's way too cool to just say casually she noticed it. So uh, there had to have been a moment. There had to have been the first DM. Did oh, yeah. you lose your mind? Like yeah. what?
1: <laughs> I mean, at the time I was like, what? Like, What is happening? Um, yeah. De- and definitely. Do you
0: remember uh, where you were? Like, I was do in you... my
1: childhood at home. Yeah. 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 I was in bed. It was was really it Twitter? Late. What was it? It was Twitter. Um, <laughs> and. Yeah, it was like probably the most exciting thing in my life then. And that just kind of escalated into us DMing all the time. I kind of started becoming a fan consultant. Me and her just communicating about, you know, what fans were doing, what they were thinking, how to break a record. What, what should we trend to get her on this show? All these things that I just like, yeah, you know, talking to my favorite artists about. So that was insane um
0: how crazy is that to like respect to her for being humble enough and smart enough to be like this person fucking cares oh my god and not like not putting an age on you not thinking that you weren't qualified but just being like this person cares what do you think and actually listening like
1: oh my god, so much credit to her think
0: about like how much ego you're setting aside or any of that shit like there's so many there's so many people involved in a team of an artist that big and for her to be like i want to hear from her i want to hear from like Fuck, that's cool.
1: It's, I say this all the time. Like, she's way ahead of her time. Like, uh, to pick up, and not only, because I actually remember her saying that the industry was heading into this digital age because it was kind of still early when we started yeah, talking. Yeah. There was no influencers yet. I was an influencer. Right. I I had this fan community.
0: Yeah, you were, yeah. And so I'd
1: get flown out to award shows. They were like, they wanted me to live tweet. So I was an influencer at a point in my life. Um, And she picked up on this, like, where this is all heading. So like she noticed that and she's like, I want you to come work for me. And that was when I was around 16 years old after running this account for years. It was my everything.
0: That's so cool. Because like, again, if if you didn't know the the nuances to that story, yeah. it could be like, oh, must be nice. You got to go work for Miley Cyrus. at 16 years old. And yeah. it's like, well, in all reality, you spent like a solid five years 100%. perfecting and learning every skill yeah. that you need to learn about the internet and marketing. So like, so,
1: it's so true. And I think also this is an important part that I really haven't thought about until recent years, like, because I really didn't like my school experience. Mm. That was my world to go back to and like, uh. put all my energy in. Like, I really didn't have much of like, I don't know, I think with like, friends and stuff, girl. I mean, when you're that young, like there's drama and stuff. So like, I think for me, this was where I found people that were like me and liked the same thing. We, we, you know, we got along because of that. Whereas I think the communities that you grow up in, you don't realize sometimes like these aren't really my people. And I think that was like a huge escape for me was to go and be there and, 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 and run this thing. So for years, I really didn't have a great, high school or I don't even know how, like, I don't even know what year it was, but I didn't have a great high school experience. I didn't do the normal, like drinking like everyone else did. I don't think I went to a club until I was like much older. So that, that was my world growing up and like learning about different types of people and meeting people from different places in the world. Like I come from like a super Jewish community. Like all I knew was this world and I didn't know outside of that. And I think that's a really important part of where I am today, like getting to meet people from different cultures and backgrounds through Twitter and through this community and then going to this school that was just like one thing. That was it, that you can yeah. only talk about one thing. And I was just like, so confused, so confused growing up. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, I was just like, why are people saying different things? Why is my teacher like talking about like that gay rights isn't okay? Like, it was just like stuff yeah. like that. And I was just like, You're what? like wait,
0: what, what is like, going no. on? So.
1: Yeah. That growing up was weird. <laughs> wow.
0: OK. And then like was your family supportive? Because again, this is a pretty young age. So then to go and start to really work with Miley around 16, like did you do the formal education thing or did that mean that you had to move or like what did that look like as yeah. that evolved?
1: Um. So basically 16 is when Miley had asked me to come out to L.A. and start like kind of working with her team. So came out that summer. I think it was 2013. Um. I, I could probably get some of my Years mixed up. I don't have that perfected. But I think it was around 2013 when she was coming back with Banger's album. And I had come out to LA and start, met her whole management team, got to sit on team meetings. um, And then we turned my fan account and that was 300,000 followers into her official fan source. No so it was shit. kind of like before anyone had like, you know, when you see like a team account, so it's like Harry Styles HQ or Taylor Nation. Yeah. So like, I think, I don't want to say that because people might attack me, but I think our Miley account was one of the first to do wow, something like that. Smart. And I kind of pitched that. I was like, why don't I just become like the source, you know, for, you know, wow. and you can lean on me for certain things. So I kind of did that for a bit. And it was all kind of an internship. Like I wasn't paid. And then when I went to college, um, I kind of started to realize like, hey, I need to start, you know, getting real money. Like I can't be doing this for free for this long. So. Um, I started working at I Heart radio at Syracuse. I was in the band year program at Syracuse, which is 25 kids a year music business program. It was amazing. Um, it got to make such an amazing community. Uh, like it's only 25. So it's like, of course we have to be friends with everybody. Um, so I was there for two years, sophomore year. Um, I got approached by Miley's new manager at the time and said like, Hey, why are you not? working with us anymore because that kind of fizzled out after I was like you know what I need to start exploring something new Mm. if I want to be working in this industry and yeah he basically made me drop out of college after not made me
0: yeah but like he...
1: he helped steer me in a direction and he kind of and I owe him a lot because he really saw the entrepreneur side of me and he was like a lot of entrepreneurs do not finish college because there's too much to do. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like really grateful that, you know, I saw that pretty early and I do not regret dropping out of college. Do I think college is an important part of, uh, you know, your life? One hundred percent. I did what I needed to do in my two years there and I felt like I was ready to go off to LA. So I completely
0: amazing. agree. Like, I yeah. think it's so important. It's so foundational. But if you really have your sense of purpose, and you know <laughs> if it feels like it's getting in your way and you're like, I need to go do my thing. It's like right. that maybe is a sign that you need to go do your thing. hundred percent. Yeah. So, okay. So at very young age, you now have all sorts of professional experience. You're really starting to understand the industry. You're yeah. maybe more so than you're even realizing, understanding how good you are becoming at marketing and understanding communities. Yep. How I guess like what happens next? Because I know you like obviously here you are, you own a fucking company and you're like doing things so much bigger <laughs> than music. So what is that evolution?
1: I think through the fan account, like understanding like uh, marketing and cont- like I was doing contests through my website and I would have Miley DM the winner. Like I was able to pick up on things like that. But like I was good at pit- it's like I-, I almost picked up the skill set of pitching as well through it because I would. I remember DMing her and not just her. I would just reach out to other. I would reach out to brands that she was repping, you know, in paparazzi pictures, like like a phone, like a phone case company. And I was like, oh, let's do a giveaway through my website. Miley's been spotted with it. Her fans are going to want the same things as her. So I kind of like picked up that skill set of like, oh, how do we how do we do this in the best way that it benefits all of us? So like Mm -hmm. when I was running a contest on my website, I went to her through DM and said, you know, I want you to win a Teen Choice Award. Um, I want to have fans go off and do, you know, the most creative ways to get the word out there to vote for Miley. And in exchange, you'll DM the winner. And yes, that my website then gets all these hits because I, you know, have an exclusive contest. But then it also people are in the streets, you know, putting up posters to vote for Miley. So it also benefits her. So um, I kind of picked up those skill sets pretty early, which I didn't know was a skill set at the time. I wasn't doing it like, oh, I'm this. type of way.
0: Right. You weren't trying to be like sharky or like weird about it. It just like made sense. It just
1: made sense. Yeah. So through the contests that I would do through the campaigns that I would run, I mean, I was campaigning for songs to be on the radio and getting in touch with like there was like this radio show um, Saturday Night Online through iHeartRadio and they would like live stream the show so you can watch them. I forgot what the website was called, but you can watch them and chat with them live. And they were syndicated across every iHeartRadio station. And I remember like writing to them, like, when are you going to play the new Miley song? And they would like write back to me like, oh, you know, get the fans to do this and we'll we'll do it. And I would like go to my Twitter account, get everyone to trend, you know, the song and play, you know, play this song, Z100 or whatever it was and i i created a relationship with them so which ended up in me actually interning there at Z100 and getting to do all this cool stuff with them but i think like all through all those things like you know just really strategically wanting her to win always was all these things that i was picking up for myself for my career now yeah and and the strategy element of it to build on community how you know how to make the community happy how to get everyone together and you know i don't know for one purpose so yeah yeah, there there's a lot of cool things that I, I realize now, you know, kind of are part of my every day. So it's really cool to kind of with what I do now, tap back into that part of my brain and see other people that have, are doing that in their day to day with their fan accounts and talk to them and like remind myself like those are the things that I need to do. And, and those are things that everyone needs to be thinking about. So, yeah, through through all of that and picking up on those things and reaching out to certain people and getting myself into certain doors because of it. It just kind of quickly evolved into me being like, oh, I'm going to be working on this. I guess 2021, when I dropped out of school, joined her management team full time, I was able to take all these skill sets and apply it. And honestly, it was kind of surprising to me how the music industry didn't really know a lot of the things that fans know. Like, I was just kind of like, what? Like, you're not thinking about this? Like, everyone's super smart in the industry, but like, there's a certain element of fan engagement that people just, it doesn't come natural to them. It doesn't. And yeah. that's like a weird thing for me because I remember like trying to talk about like Instagram strategy and stuff. And it's like it became so logistical and technical about like you need to do this. And like, I don't know, part of like this marketing strategy when it's so natural to me and natural to people that come from, you know, the social media world that I was just kind of like confused. Like, am I doing a good job? Like, do I know what I'm doing? Because like I wasn't speaking the same language as them. It was like they are almost like overcomplicating so much of this. And I'm like, it's not that deep. it's not. deep Yeah, it's just this. They're just yeah. this or just doing this. But
0: it, but you have like it's crazy because that to you is in all reality, you have 10 years of experience exactly. and yeah. your perspective that of course they like it's simple to you because you just cared for 10 years and yeah. built these communities. Yeah. Where like that becomes your unique skill set.
1: It's all goes back to the same thing we were talking about before. Communities are strong, but if you're building a community based off of hype or um there's nothing, there's no substance there, There, mm-hmm. and it's just about quantity. Yeah. It's not gonna last. So, like, everything I'm doing is all interconnected. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I, I, I've had this thing where I've been saying I'm not a social media agency, because I think people think of a social media agency as like, oh, you know how to post on Twitter or you know right. how to manage an account. Yeah. I'm like, everything I'm doing is somehow connected to social media, but I don't want you to think that that's what we do.
0: Right. So, it's like wow. we're going to expand
1: in so many different areas, but at the end of the day, it's all ending up on social media.
0: Well, but but I, could I not challenge you to say it's not social media, it's community?
1: It's community, yes. It,
0: community yes. happens to be on, on social, social media. media. Yeah. But what you're actually yeah. tapping into and understanding yeah. is community. 100%. And you, exactly. like, you're the most qualified person because you yeah. literally, from the beginning, were a part of a community and then further strengthened and built a For community. Sure. For sure. And have now figured out. Yes. how to learn that for other yes. communities.
1: And a community isn't actually just on social. Like now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, that's why I don't like calling a social media. It just, right. Is community. Yeah, But it's like, I love to work out at Orange Theory Fitness. And yeah. it's like, that's a community. Yes, it's absolutely. It's not based on social media. I'm literally going there. Right. So it's like workout classes and things that you go to, you know, I mean, there could be a community at a supermarket, like the same people. Like, I don't know. There's like people that love going there and there's something's forming through that. Like, totally. I think there, there's community everywhere. So like, that's why I've always been very careful. Of, like this really isn't just social media. Yes, most things end up on social media. And maybe, you know, how you communicate through this group that's going to this workout class is through social media. Yeah. But it's so much bigger than that. And that's yeah. been like, that's kind of been my thing for so long. So it's like NFTs and all that. Yes, of course, it's digital. All of it's digital. But it's way beyond just knowing how right. to tweet or right. post to Instagram. Or the, I don't really like the questions that are like, Olivia, what time should I post to Instagram to get the most engagement? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. I, it's like,
1: I literally don't know. Like, and for the longest time, I thought I was terrible at my job because I didn't know those things. Really? Yeah. There's certain elements or tips and tricks that I do know naturally. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Instagram's prioritizing Reels right now. So if you're going to go post a video, post it on Reels. You're going to sure. get more eyeballs. Sure. I have those. I I know. And I try to always educate myself and my team, too. I mean, Claudia, who's on my team, she's, I mean, next level when it comes to, like, understanding, like, algorithms and, like, you know, what fans really want to see and what does well and all of that stuff. But, like, you know, that was kind of, like, a thing that for so long I was like, am I not good at my job because I don't know every single answer to every question about social media. Whoa. And it would drive me insane. And I'm like, but I'm not a social media person. I am, but I'm not. Right. We're, like, it is it's it is way beyond that.
0: Fuck, but that's actually really cool and empowering because I would imagine that a lot of people will challenge themselves or think of this like imposter syndrome. Yes. Because like, I don't fucking know those things either. And I feel <laughs> like there's always somebody that's like some young kid that's like, oh, you should do this, this and this because the algorithm like, oh shit, okay. But it's like, <sighs> Does that make you bad at what you do? Absolutely not. Like, it's just like, it's valuing the bigger picture and understanding so the true. bigger picture.
1: The biggest thing I've learned in the past few years and as someone that's, you know, taken this risk as an entrepreneur is that I'm never going to know it all. And that's like the biggest, like, that's the coolest thing ever. It's exciting. Like, it's so like, every meeting that I walk away from and I still feel like I'm like, whoa, yeah. like I had no coffee this morning with this guy and he blew me. <laughs> like, everything he was saying, I'm like, can we work together? Like, I'm just like, it's funny to still be at that place where you think like, oh, once you start a company, you know it all. Yeah. It's like, no, like you don't. And the best leaders are the ones that know that and like to listen to other perspectives. But the hardest part is that people, not everyone's like that. Yeah. And there's a lot of, I don't know, competition or internal stuff that people project on other people, whether it's on big meetings. They're like, hey, why did they say that? Like, why are they trying to make me uncomfortable? Like, and it's like understanding that, too, and not not taking away from your own self. Yeah, but that's like a huge thing that I've had to learn the past few years. But once I once I unlock that of like, I'm not a social media person, I might not be expert in algorithms and all that stuff, but I know what I know. And yeah. I also don't I know what I don't know. Right. And that's a lot of higher level things beyond that.
0: Ooh, here's a question, though. So like kind of going back to what we were talking about when when it was like, me being like, yeah, but you had 10 years in the game and, like, all these no-brainers to you. Right. When did you know it was time to start your own company?
1: Um, well, I started to get a little burnt out of the music industry. Mm. Um, I think I just started getting sucked up into, like, I mean the networking and the dinners and the drinks and the like, events that you have to be at. And yeah, that, Coachella's coming. The, the
0: events that you have to be at. It yeah. feels so yeah. heavy.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And,
0: like, you get stuck in it. Yeah. Of, like, if you're not at these things, you'll yeah. miss this and this person. And holy fuck. Anyway.
1: Yeah. That And that was a big... And I think everyone needs to go through it. Like, I think it's an important part. As someone once described it as the honeymoon phase of the music industry. Mm. And I... I mean, I dropped out of college, came out of here in 2021. I'm like working for a huge artist. You know, I get to go to all these events. I'm getting invited. I'm meeting people out. Um, I like meeting people. So I'm just like, you're going to this tomorrow? They're like, come through. Of course. Yeah. Never slot. I mean, yeah. like out every night, yeah. every single night, um, which was exciting. That was a really cool part of my life. But I think that mixed with also trying to understand what my role was within the music industry. And my role was never really defined because it was so new. Like, what I did from fan engagement, to understanding digital, to understanding marketing, to also, honestly, PR, because digital PR is the new wave, to, like, honestly, what brands should artists be working? Like, I was kind of like, what am I, what is yeah. my defined role in there? You're never like, was.
0: you're the most important person, <sighs> and you can't even explain, like, it's like, oh, well, yeah, Olivia, this, this, and this, what is that? I, I don't never, know, but she knows. Yeah, I,
1: and I didn't know how to do it, so that was also draining of, like, what am I doing? And then I also kind of started, okay, starting to cultivate, like, well, then I need to figure out what this is. And I really started to cultivate that. And then, I don't know, through drama, politics, things that I just started seeing about what our industry is based off of, like, started to really upset me and, like, kind of put me in this place of, like, why am I doing this? Um, I I mean, I think we all go through that in our industry. You know, a lot of it is, like, I mean, a lot of it is based on, like, ego. Um, I mean, we all know that, but it's like when you are so passionate about something and you just want to do the best for that project, when you see other things come into play that isn't with that mission in mind, it sucks because everyone has their own mission for themselves. And I just saw so much of that. And I just got so burnt out. Like, I really felt unexcited by everything. I had no motivation. Like for someone that's cannot turn off, like it would be Christmas break. And I would just be like sending off ideas and people would be like, Olivia, like you need to shut off. I'm like, I don't know how. Like, yeah. I, this yeah. is, I love this. right? Um, and I think when I got to that place, I was like, oh, sh- you know, this is scary. Like, why am I here? What's going on? Do I need to change something? And I've always known that I wanted to work for myself. And I've always had this concept of fan made, like even before I moved to LA, I mm. knew that I was gonna, like I had a company idea yeah. for fans. Um, so I think once that hit me, I didn't know immediately that it was time to start the company. I actually started thinking about where can I go next? Is it TikTok? Mm. Is it Spotify? I was like, Mm. where can I go? I know I'd be good at like artist relations or a marketing role. And I started to think about that. And then I think things through that, and I guess it goes back to manifestation. Like I think setting that intention of knowing something needs to change soon. Whoa! I didn't really put the pressure on it being tomorrow, next month. I was just more like, interesting what's going on what's next and yeah there was a moment where i was like well what is next is it tiktok is but then i think i let it kind of like just go away for a second and then naturally things started happening in my life that just ultimately led to literally this only being the only option it was like almost like people during the pandemic got laid off from their jobs and then so many people were like actually that was the best thing that's ever happened to me yeah because then they ended up realizing they were not happy there and then they found a job that they were it's like i think those things are huge lessons in life. And that's kind of what happened to me. Is like things just happened to get me to a place of being like, oh, okay, I'm going to go start my company. Yeah. And it all worked out for the better because I get to work with everyone I was working with before and expand and have a team of brilliant people that uplift like each other and also the vision of the company yeah. Um, and trust my crazy brain that has new ideas every single day yeah. to help make that happen, Um, which is crazy. Like it's weird to even think that people work for me like right it's hard to process that but um it's been it's been such a cool journey um and that's cool yeah so
0: so tell me now so like your what's your perfect client what's your perfect campaign like obviously you have this team and everybody comes from being such an authentic fan and has such a cool unique skill set yeah when you build a campaign or like like what is your favorite thing to build what's your favorite like
1: mm-hmm.
0: no rules set aside you get a client
1: um well my favorite type of client is someone that gets it okay. i think like when people hear fan engagement or oh this company can i guess build you a fan base they want immediate results they uh, want like quick uh, like you're going to give us how many followers by next week and i'm like uh, no 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 I yeah, very
0: transactional. Like very just like transactional. X dollars equals X fans exactly. by this time. Exactly. Yeah. How
1: many brands can you bring? to? No, 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 no. Th- that's the thing that I've realized is when you're super passionate about it, it's long term. Yeah. And you get to know people as you go and things pop up and your brain works in different ways as you get to know a project. So the ones that really get it, I can I can sniff out pretty easily like, oh, you're not going to come to me next week and be like, hey, why is my TikTok not doing well? Right. We can't work like that. No. That's not, that's not, A long-term strategy. I just, I just like going into a meeting and hearing what their vision is and what they want to do, and whether it's I want to communicate with my fan base more. Um, and that's like so simple, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's like okay, then what's the strategy overall? Are there any podcasts that align with your vision that your fans would really enjoy listening to on for an hour? Are there ways that you can interact more on your socials? Are there new items that you should be putting out that they'll feel connected? it's 360. So to me, right. like almost like that blank canvas. Yeah. Is so exciting.
0: But it's it's basically then it's it's activating an audience and a fan base. Like yeah. it's taking somebody who probably has a fan base or building it. Yeah. But it's like then building that into something that actually matters and adding 100%. value. That's cool. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I get excited about anyone that is starting to think about this mm-hmm. element of it. And mm-hmm. I'll just shoot off a million ideas. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone on my team. Yeah. Both, like we all can like, literally I joke all the time. I'm like, we could be on this call for five hours with over a thousand. ideas, Like,
0: yeah, nonstop. Yeah. We, we're
1: natural brainstormers. I love those are the, those are the most exciting things when you just get to like, talk about things that you could do. Yeah. Um, and it's, actually make them happen. You know? It's oh,
0: cool. I love it. I, I feel like there's like a couple concepts in business that I've read about that. I really enjoy of like, There's a book delivering happiness that was like this early Zappos theory of like over like doing above and beyond customer service or ideas that don't scale. I love it again, like you say, when people get it. Yeah, when you can just like look at it and be like, how can we do the coolest thing? Right, like that to me is the thing that I still get excited about because I feel you all the parts of getting jaded and so transactional and people have these agendas and this that and this and every now and then. You just get to do something that's actually special. And 100%. it's just like this company or this person trusts me to like make something fucking sick. And yeah. you're just like,
1: all right. Let's-. Yeah, let's go. It's so, so that's exciting. a lot of what
0: you do then, huh?
1: Yeah, I like, I don't know. I guess ever since starting this, it's very new, since mm-hmm. September, like I kind of put my, I feel like I'm in my own worlds now. I get yeah. to choose who I'm surrounded by. I get to choose who I'm working with. It's like such a crazy feeling because- the industry does have a lot of pressure back to like the networking and all those things or image or this and all these things that like you put on yourself and I felt all those things for so long and then all of a sudden I just feel like free. Like I don't need to be concerned. I don't need like, you know, down to like literally everything. Like if I'm going on a podcast, I'm like, is that that egotistical of me? Like to like be talking about what I like. It doesn't fucking matter. No, it doesn't matter. It's It's like (laughs) I'm talking and I'm having a good time. Like And we're getting to meet new people. But it's like sometimes I'll think about what, how people perceive that, like, right, you know, and it's right. like, that was a really, for a very long time, I kind of had all of that in my head and just being able to really create what I'm doing, who I am around, yeah. who I even meet with, like, yeah. it's all stuff that like, I want to feel inspired by. I know they're genuine people. And sometimes it doesn't even have to be related to business. Yeah. I think a really important part of w- how I go about my life is like making sure that I do try and make time for people that have nothing to do with this. Like Mm, my mm. friends, people that I know, we're just going to have a good conversation. We don't even have to talk about what we do. Yeah. And I think that's a really important part of it. Sometimes it gets gets hard. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Like, and my, the friends that know me know when I'm in work mode and that it's not personal. Yeah. And I'm so grateful for that too. Um, Especially in times like this where, you know, it's, it's a lot of business, but like knowing those things of like, just being able to shut off, not everything has to be meeting with a business person. Not everything has to be checking off a name on your list or how many dinners did I do this week? Yeah. Like, and, but at the same time, like, I think what's so weird about start say, having these conversations is that you have to just, you have to get there on your own too. Like, I think those parts of your life are important to then realize, why am I doing this? So it's like, I'm not even like, I don't even judge when people are there, you know? Yeah. you know, I don't judge any of it. I'm just kind of like, for me at that point, I'm like, oh, that's not really what, what's important, but it took me doing all that, going to every party, going out every night to finally realize like, that's that's not how I want to live my life, you know?
0: I try to always tell myself, like, I'll feel these moments, these thoughts, these, these chapters. Yeah. And it kind of just comes back to what an interesting chapter. Yeah. Like, I'll be too busy and I'll know I'm too busy and I'll right. know that I'm spreading myself a little too thin. Yep. But I also know it's not forever. And I know that I'm doing it for a reason because we ultimately can control what we do. 100%. And I'm like, what an interesting chapter. Yeah. I always <laughs> think
1: like that. I'm like, right now, I don't like going out and partying right. and... I used to, (laughs) and I'm like, okay, Olivia, you're in bed at ten o'clock every night. Like, cool, good for you. Up at seven a.m. That that's a chapter. Yeah, maybe I'll never go back to those ways, or maybe I will. And like, fine, I'm, you know, and it's like sometimes I'm hard on myself. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I'll be like, why am I like this? What's happening? What's going on? Um, but you know, I I make a point to go to therapy every week. So like, that's a huge point. Like, that's that's something that always calms me down. Of like, just be, just like, let yourself be in this moment because it you from looking back at all the chapters that you're explaining you know which is a chapter so you don't know what's going to happen next so yeah, yeah it's it is a very interesting point in my life and you know as a 25 year old I'm turning 26 soon like you know just kind of realizing those things of you know just I guess growing up um and yeah. you know it's it, it's wild but
0: uh, but i mean i i hope you take a second to realize how fucking accomplished you are like That's, that's quite a lot. You know, I don't, I don't really like to think of age as some score card or metric, but like, that's just cool. Like you have grown so much and done so much objectively when you take, cause I didn't know, right? Like I'm hearing it in real time. That's a lot. Yeah. You've done a lot. That's cool.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I do. I do try to, it's hard, but I try to remind myself like, oh, okay, we're here now. I mean, it's hard when I've been doing it for so long. Like, I mean, I started at, 12 years old so it's really been a long time i feel like i've been working at this for so long so it's not so it's hard to even like see people like i i don't know i people will say that oh you're so accomplished you know? like, oh like i don't i don't yeah, know, you know because I, guessed, I, and... I feel like i've been i've been doing it for so long so it's like oh yeah it's just like a matter of time till yeah you know, now i'm on this next level and i think we were talking about before like about people that think that they aren't qualified for certain things
0: oh my god i was just gonna ask you this i was just gonna say like (laughs) you you have done all of this and you have this confidence so it's like what is your advice to the people that feel like maybe they aren't qualified
1: right i I still but that's the thing is i still feel unqualified really there's i don't think there's ever gonna be a a level of where i get to where i feel qualified like for like new things like Mm. yeah there's elements i'm like oh okay i've got that down for sure i've worked in that I remember being like I loved the brand space when I was working in the management side like I thought like brand deals were the coolest thing and but I always said but I don't know that I don't know that world I don't know how to look over a contract I don't know what makes sense to put in that and I would talk to my friend at the company who did brand deals and she was like Olivia you could do it and she was like if you ever need anything let me know and I'd be like I still was too scared because I like almost felt like embarrassed until I had to put together a brand deal and then all of a sudden I'm like I'm doing it and it's like it was so crazy because it's like these things hold you back because they're t- you're almost ruining yourself. Yeah. You're telling yourself you're not worth something. Honestly, not just with work, but I don't know, just like oh, oh, in life too. Holy like people shit. think that they don't deserve certain things. And that's like the opposite of manifesting. It's like when you tell yourself those things, you're, you're actually holding yourself back from doing it or getting or going after what you want because you're telling yourself you don't deserve it. And I've had those thoughts for sure.
0: We all do. We all do. And
1: I just remember like getting like thinking that for so long, but knowing I was really intrigued and interested in the brand space. So when I started the company and a brand deal came my way, I was like, oh, we're doing it. And that and like that was it. And it's like, next thing I know, I'm like, what are the deliverables on this? And, you know, understanding through the artist work that I've done, what an artist would feel comfortable with, and also understanding what the brand would feel, you know, is useful to them. So I just kind of was like, I know more than I thought. So, and then I remember in that moment, it wasn't that long It was in October. I literally was sitting there. I'm like, oh my God, I spent so much time saying I don't know how to do this and I want to learn about it to just doing it. That's like the biggest thing going back to like the manifestation and like telling yourself these things. It's like, you just need to listen to what you're intrigued by and what you want to go and do and go and make those steps in that direction. And I was having a conversation with my aunt about this, about manifestation. And I was like, it sounds like this like scary, magic, woo woo kind of word that you like, oh, I don't, I don't believe I in that stuff. It has a
0: silly stigma it's, to it. Has it has a silly yeah.
1: stigma to it. But we were talking about, about it. and I'm like, no, no, no. It's just about like literally telling yourself that this is what you want to do. So it's like my aunt's like, yeah, I guess it's kind of like if you're telling yourself you're going to wake up and go to the grocery store that day, you believe it enough to get yourself up, change and go over to the grocery store. What is the difference? Obviously, it's harder because there's roadblocks and there's things that make it harder, but that's the same concept. It's like if you know your body's telling you or something's telling you, I want to work in this or I want to I think A&R is interesting. So you'll make those necessary steps to learn about that, whether it's listening to podcasts or meeting with people in that space and getting your brain moving in that direction. And then naturally, you're going to find yourself in that position soon enough because you're following that direction or it might not be for you. And you find that out then, you know.
0: But I like there's like a common theme that I'm hearing and not only that specific, but your whole story where it's a lot of like not wishing for it, but just doing it, and maybe like, you know, like as a younger kid, like you didn't really think of the layers or think that you were not qualified, but it's like a lot of these opportunities have presented themselves to you now because you've just gone and done it
1: right right and
0: i think that we can all kind of get in our own way right. by thinking that we can't do it 100%. and spend a lot of time thinking about either doing it or not doing it for sure it's kind of the same amount of time to just go fucking do it
1: yeah it, it's true and then and, and i go back to like i still am like oh i can't believe i'm doing this like i'm flying to tampa tonight to go do something i've never done before so sick and i'm like literally like who am i to be <laughs> doing this because yeah. it's, it's something that i always i was like oh that's like the big level stuff that's like you know and i'm like Oh, oh, I'm I'm there now. And it's like, I know that I'm going to figure it out. And I know that I'm just going and this is gonna be a new step that I'm gonna master or fail at and learn from it, which is so scary. But like, that's the thing is like, I don't think there's ever gonna be a level where like you're you stop yeah. learning. And I, yeah. I think we were talking about that before, like, there's always gonna be that next challenge. And what's bigger than that? Like, yeah, it's the same way you get to a job that you were waiting for your whole life, let's say it's like an AR job and r job. like, I've been wanting it it, and you get there it's a dream but then something and you're like well how do i get to the what that person's doing at this company yeah and then that's your next thing and then it's well then how do that and then it's like honestly it's like still like i don't think i'm ever like there's always something that i'm like okay i'm really happy where i'm at right now but i want to eventually create more balance for myself and there's always going to be certain elements of like something more that you want but I, i i guess in a way like and not to say that you're never going to be content because I think that's a dangerous thing. But like, like I, I feel very content with the fact that I'm still learning. That is, that is the thing I'm trying a thing. It's a weird
0: thing to accept. Yes. Of like, oh fuck, that probably is never going to go away. Like yeah. if you have this mindset you're probably for the rest of your life going to feel this, yeah. but coming to terms with the fact that that's a good thing and accepting it and just continuing to chase it and 100%. itch or scratch the itch of curiosity and, yeah. and chase it. It's like, all right, well, here we go. There's a fun journey. Yeah,
1: it's, it's a journey.
0: So I have a question though to to kind of conclude is yeah. I really, I think about somebody listening to your episode who maybe is a fan, right? Mm-hmm. Who feels like they're genuinely like a fan but like uh, I want to like of anything okay. like a, an artist oh, or an an artist. anything. But okay. like I just what we were talking about of like the idea that people can feel like they're not qualified. Like what is your advice to the person that you and I both know can yeah. go fucking kill it yeah. and we would kill to have on teams. Yeah. But doesn't quite understand that. Like what do yeah. you tell to that person to get them to take the action and to like go do that thing
1: right right right
0: or to get noticed by someone like you like what if they want to get work for you at your company like that person what do they need to hear what would you tell that i mean like
1: i get obviously a lot of messages about people have similar stories and you know they they want to work with me and it's like there's so many of those and like i mean i don't judge i was doing stuff like that too but i think for me i always figure out a way to kind of stand out a little bit more and like how can I add value to that person instead of just being, I want to learn from you or I love what you do? It's like a lot of people are going to hear that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's like, how can you offer something? So, you know, I would, with my fan account, that was something that was like, oh, yeah, I have this amount of followers. Like I've built this. It's like I'm showing something that kind of sets me apart from the group.
0: So, so it's like,
1: you know, what, and, and, and I think people don't sometimes don't understand specific things that add value because it's like so like like the harry potter thing i forgot that i did that right but that's still a skill set that i was like i understand community now so i try and tell people try help them identify like what are the things that they've done in their life whether it's hobby wise or in school or something that forced them to have some sort of skill set that they have to understand now mm. so like i don't know it, it, it's really really interesting like i i don't know It's like someone. I was talking to that I was like in a sorority in college and ran like the social chair of it. And they didn't think that was impressive. And I'm like, OK, maybe you don't think that sorority thing is impressive. But like, what were your tasks that you had to do being the social chair?
0: Yeah.
1: And then they start breaking it down. Oh, I had to communicate between. All- Those are skill sets. And I right. think that's like my I, th- I guess that would be my biggest advice is like try and break down certain things. That you know you're really good at and you've done and you've accomplished. I like, I don't really look at resumes. I don't, I don't look at, like, I'm just kind of like, cause it's like listed. Oh, I did that. It's like, no, no, no. Show me something that you've done. And even like having a podcast, I think is like a really cool thing. Like something that's outside of your day to day that you feel passionate about, you are now learning how to produce a show. Yeah. I didn't know that I, knew how to produce anything until I did my own little mini podcast that i never published, but I thought it was like therapeutic but for me. you took the steps. And I took the steps and yeah. I was like, oh, there's elements. So now like, I understand your process now a little bit more. You're definitely have <laughs> more set up than I ever did, but like, so what? yeah, yeah it's but it's still, process. it's still understanding that. And I think like, that's the most impressive thing when people go and do something like that, not necessarily a podcast, but something that's, you know, creating something or yeah. creating a community or I don't know, hosting something. I don't know what it is. It doesn't have, there's no defined thing, but just finding, identifying that with themselves and being able to reach out to people with that added value. Because I saying to that person, I want to be able to bring this type of thing that I've been doing into your ecosystem. Because I see a missing, I see something that I can add value to there. So
0: You really got me thinking on that. And I think that's such great advice because I remember even one of my friends who's an A&R and yeah. kind of gives the advice to people that want to be in, in their position. Right. like. Go start an unsigned underground playlist. Go make a Spotify playlist of all your favorite unsigned artists. Go write a blog. Go start a YouTube channel. Yeah. Go do these things. Because, again, like the resume thing, it's like, does anybody fucking read resumes? Like, I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe we're just in a very specific industry. I mean,
1: to get to a place, I think. And then, like, obviously, like, just. Sure.
0: But, like. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. go like doing the thing and, and like starting it and taking that initiative like you made the Twitter account. Yeah. And maybe it wasn't some giant master plan, right. but you were passionate about something. And instead of just like consuming a bunch of media, you actually went and like did a thing. Right. And I think that like those things, though they can feel like the most fun hobbyist things to do, yep. that's probably your sign that you are in the right direction if you naturally gravitate 100%. to doing these things. but. Uh, it's really cool. Like when you actually take the time to do the thing that stands out to the people that you want to get noticed by. A
1: hundred percent. Anyone that I see around a fan, I'm like, oh, they're already set apart. Yeah. Like, yeah. Anyone like, oh, you have a podcast. Like it's like it just shows that you're you did doer. the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. You're above and beyond someone that's like any anyone that's like creating something outside of their normal, you know, day to day. Like I'm just kind of like, wow, like this is really, really cool. So that that, that that's like my biggest piece of advice is like go and follow something that intriguing to you and it's so scary to learn something new um and be part of something like you know even being on a college campus and like being part of like the concert committee like that can be intimidating like oh i don't know how to do this or whatever you won't know if you don't try and i know people say that all the time and it sounds cheesy but it's like you really can't do anything like like you can't learn anything unless you go and do it and learn what you're not good at and i'm also saying this is something that i think will help some people because like i've seen people be in roles. That they're not good at, and they beat themselves up. They think they're not. They think they're just not good in general. But their skill set isn't there. Like someone, like some people are meant to be assistants. Some people love being organized, and you know, it's they love organizing someone's calendar, and they just think, like I've met so many people like that. And there's some people that suck at that. Yeah. I I would suck at that. Like, yeah. but at the same time, it's like the people that aren't good at those things find the skill sets that you're really good at, and know that you need to find the right partner. I'm not the most organized person. So I found partners that are more organized than me and it's like you know, so I think that's that's just something I feel like I've seen a lot of people beat themselves up over, yeah and have to learn like that yeah,
0: yeah them. i well, I heard something along those lines of like whatever your superpower is or that thing you're great at, like you break through when you spend more time doing the thing you're amazing at right so like yeah, cool, there's like life skills where we all hate doing certain things you have to do right. but like right not lying to yourself and trying to put yourself into a category or a box that you're just not good at and like finding the people that are and then just being giving yourself more time to be great at the thing you're great at. The thing that I was going to say, though, was in the advice of like people like just going out and doing it might be uncomfortable. Again, you're in real time setting that example of like you said it like you're flying to Tampa to take on something that's relatively new and like that's uncomfortable. Like you don't have to do that. You have now carved out success and you could say, I'm just going to do what I'm comfortable with now, but you're not doing that. Mm -hmm. So like you're still setting that example. You're still doing that. And I think it sucks and it's always scary, but we all feel that. And I don't know if that goes away of just like, fuck, this is uncomfortable and I'm nervous, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. taking that jump. Oh, is valuable.
1: Oh, I've been in many rooms where I felt uncomfortable or times where I just were just so scared to get on a call. It's funny that the scariest call, the most intimidated I've been on a call in a while was with Jay Shetty, who's like, I don't know if you know that. Yeah,
0: on purpose podcast. <laughs> yeah, I was like
1: literally. Sh- shaking before I got on like that was who I was nervous for that's it's like funny yeah I'm like wow okay the, you know this is where I'm at right now it's like yeah. you know I you know I'm, I don't get nervous by like titles anymore It's mm-hmm. more something that I felt like mm-hmm. oh my god I have so much to learn from you yeah <laughs> it's just so yeah. Cool. yeah I,
0: I always kind to like that of like as we grow in our professional careers like for you like So many people would be like, oh, my fucking God, Miley Cyrus, I'm freaking out. And you're like, oh, hey, what's up, friend? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's probably the most normal thing in the world for you. So we all kind of like become accustomed to certain levels. For sure. But then I think we all still always have those moments where it's like, yeah,
1: it's like, oh, shit. And like
0: for me, like, I'll meet like weird, like car designers or people that no one would know. And I'm like, that's
1: hilarious. You know, like we (laughs) all like I
0: love those moments of like as that goes, you kind of notice.
1: So fun. Love that.
0: Did I miss anything? This was pretty fucking cool.
1: I, I know. I mean, I, I loved this. This is yeah. great. Yeah. I'm I mean, I'm so happy to have done this and I'm excited to hear a response from anyone. So yeah. if they want to reach out, like happy to, you know, answer any questions or anything.
0: That's amazing. That's yeah. so cool of you. And I, I hope too, like I always say this to listeners, but it's really cool to well, people like yourself more behind the scenes and who aren't like the main facing artists. Like the reason I started this podcast was I wanted to hear those stories. And I find that a lot of times like it's it's hard to get people to take the time and do that. But it means a lot to hear from people like listeners. So if people get value out of this, like hit you up. I I like that. It's more so than people realize it's cool to hear
1: from 100%. Well, great. Thank you so much. I love this.
0: So there you have it, Olivia's story. I hope you wrapped that episode feeling as excited and inspired as I did. Something that I didn't want to put her on the spot when recording, but I asked her afterwards is, as you might know, there is now a Where Are All My Friends Discord channel. And I personally will sometimes wrap a podcast being like, damn it, I wish I could have asked that one last question. Or as a listener being like, oh man, I wish that they had talked about this or this. So we're now doing live chats on the Discord where sometimes the guests will be kind enough to come on and join and just talk to everybody, all the listeners and all of the community. So I'm thinking Olivia would be down to come and join and hang out with the community and answer some more questions. So certainly let both of us know if that's something you're interested in. Outside of that, if you can do me a massive favor and just share this podcast with anyone you know that would get value out of it or that would like it, that can just be posting it on an Instagram story or direct texting it to somebody, but I put a lot of time and energy into making this podcast purely as a tool and a resource to help inspire and educate people to go out and live their best lives. If you want to support on the highest level, there's a Where Are All My Friends Patreon with a ton of behind-the-scenes full bonus episodes and so much more. That's patreon.com slash where are all my friends. I think that says it all. Most importantly, thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next week with another episode.